0: Well, hello my friends. Welcome back. My guest today is Marcus Smith, ultra endurance athlete and founder and owner of Inner Fight out here in Dubai. He is one of the most unique humans I've ever had the fortune to meet and I am so excited to bring this episode today. From breaking his body in a cycling accident to running 30 marathons in 30 days, Marcus genuinely does embody an ultra mindset He is about as close to an animal as I think I've ever met. So today, expect to learn the framework Marcus uses to overcome any obstacle, how it feels to hit a wall at 54 kilometers an hour on your bike, what it's like to run for 24 hours straight, why your parents were right to tell you to relax, how to maintain motivation when life gets hard, and so, so much more. Marcus is exactly the sort of guy that's going to get you fired up to do pretty much anything. I found myself tempted to even do endurance events simply because of the insights that he's got when he's done his. If you enjoy this episode, which I'm absolutely adamant that you're going to, share it with a friend. That would make me incredibly happy indeed, and it is the best way that you can repay me if you enjoy listening to the show. This podcast only grows because people like you share it with people like you. So find a group chat, hijack a work intranet, put it on it LinkedIn wherever you can. I would massively appreciate it. And this episode can help a lot of people. The insights that we get from Marcus today are nothing short of wonderful. And I really, really hope that you take as much from it as I did. In other news, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Uncommon Coffee. I am still out here, still in Dubai, still without my Uncommon Coffee. I found some good coffee houses, but none anywhere near as good as what I can get from the guys in the UK. Uncommon Coffee are an on-demand premium coffee delivery company. You don't have to wait weeks to get your favourite coffees. Not only that, but they curate the best roasters and coffee houses in the UK into one website. Absolutely everything that I've tried from them is phenomenal. You don't have to pay high delivery prices. You don't have to wait for ages to get your delivery. It is the best selection of coffee that I have ever found. And you can get 20% off everything site-wide with the code mw20 at uncommoncoffee.co.uk. If you are a coffee lover, you need to go and check them out. Uncommon Coffee are a UK company that work with the best roasters and coffee houses in the UK, so you will be supporting homegrown businesses by shopping there as well. One payment, one cheap delivery cost, one delivery date and time, and one perfectly packaged coffee delivered right to your door. Head to uncommoncoffee.co.uk and use the code MW20 for 20% off caffeine, and perhaps you will be able to sound as excitable and full of energy as Marcus does. But for now, it's time to learn how to build an ultra mindset with Marcus Smith. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. I'm joined by the one and only Marcus Smith. How are you, brother?
1: <laughs> Thank you. Well, awesome. How how could I not be good right here, right now?
0: It's not a bad backdrop, is it?
1: <laughs> Wait, is this? I don't know if this class is a working holiday for you, but uh, those, yeah. If you're watching, anyway. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Tune in on YouTube We're on the 25th floor of Dubai Marina, <laughs> overlooking a backdrop that yeah, it could be like. It's epic. It's actually yeah, epic. It's pretty good, mate. Joe, Joe Rogan, never heard of her. Um, <laughs> so I've been doing my research a lot since I've been out here knowing I was going to record with you, and you just continually do mad shit. <laughs> You're a closet psychopath. What are you working on at the moment? What's next?
1: <laughs> That's interesting, because sometimes we start, where did this all start? But you've gone straight into what's next, which I quite like, because next is... We're actually going to run, mate. And this is quite interesting because obviously this year has been mental for absolutely everyone. And we've seen a lot of people naturally get frustrated that events are cancelled, travels cancelled. And a lot of people have literally just thrown their hands up in the air, like this, and done nothing, put on weight, motivation's gone down, and and it's terrible on a number of levels. We were like, well, we know we're not going to travel this year. And this year I would have run probably about three Ultras. All around, in different countries around the world and so what we did is we looked at the map of the UAE and I think this is actually the first time I've said this to, I'll class you as a media mate, to the media. Um, we looked at the map of the UAE and I was like okay what's the challenging parts of the UAE and lots of people think Dubai and the UAE is what we see around us now which is Marina, it's very beautiful. But there's actually a high point of the UAE, which is just about 2,000 meters in the mountains. And there's a mountain range that divides the East Coast and the West Coast called the Hajar Mountains. And I thought to myself, it'd be really interesting if we could sort of traverse that mountain range and then take take a turn inland and end up at my gym. And I sort of said, and this is how these things start, mate. Like, you know, there's a couple of mates and we'll, we'll get on Google Maps and we'll just draw on our phones and just send different things to each other. It's almost like a, a gamble or a guessing game. How far is it? And one of the boys goes, oh, I think that's about 250. I said, yeah, I think it's a bit longer. I think it's about 300. Anyway, so we got this idea and, and then... And this is honestly, mate, how it starts is then one of the lads goes, or the boy I was sending it to, Rob, he goes, when are we doing it? And so this is how these challenges kind of start a lot of the time, mate. And, you know, it's... Some
0: people, <laughs> it's like the way that you guys go on about endurance events yeah. is how normal people talk about going out for dinner. Yeah, kind of, yeah. So have you heard about that new place? Yeah, just do good sushi. The seafood's really nice. <laughs> yeah. You guys look on Google Maps, like yeah, the, yeah. The, the trip advisor of suffering.
1: Yeah. And you're like,
0: yeah, that one looks like it could really fuck us up. Let's it's do that. Ja-
1: yeah, let's do that. And that's that's kind of what it was. And we're like, we've got to finish the year strong. We've got to make it count. And, and we've got to... We have a, a... I consider that we have an incredible responsibility to the people. And it's something I take quite seriously to... To set an example, people need to come into an environment and have people that they look up to that are doing good things. And I take that very, very seriously and very, very personally as well, that I should always be raising the bar for myself and for other people. It it is quite selfish in a way that I want to explore my potential, but in doing so, I want to. Let, make people think, actually, what is what's my potential? And we're all climbing a different Everest, if, if you want a cliched way of looking at it. So if someone can look and go, well, these idiots are gonna do this, then I can do this. So yeah, mate, to answer the, the, the question, we're gonna run 300 kilometers. It is 300 kilometers from the highest point of view It's 200 kilometers through the Hadjar mountain range, which is about 6,000 meters of elevation. And then we're going to take a hard right turn, and then the last hundred kilometers is across desert, and that will take us to 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 my gym to inner fight. And the initial plan, and this is kind of where the whole year has just been amazing for timelines. And and when we talk about goals, you know, if anyone that uses the smart principle, it has to be time related, you know. And I was training a few weeks ago, and I was I was descending, and 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 my knee sort of. I came across a problem with my knee Let, let's put it that way like a sharp knife going through my knee and so now the date that we were going to complete that challenge is obviously not realistic anymore it doesn't work and I sat down with Rob and, and actually I think we did it over whatsapp and I said listen mate if you want to continue the challenge without me I'm there I'll ride a bike next to you I'll drive a car as much as I can next to you and he's like mate Time's not a problem. We'll wait, and we'll do it as soon as you're ready. So hopefully by the end of the year, mate, we'll be the first piece, p- people to, which is quite important for certain <laughs> reasons, we'll be the first people to sort of transcend the, the, the Hajar mountain range, 300 kilometers, and hopefully we'll get it done in just over two days, so. Really? And yeah. so
0: what will you do? Will you aim to have little rest off? Have you planned that in Yeah, as well?
1: yeah, so the way that we look at it is that we we'd go for about six hours, and we try and complete about a marathon every six hours and then we would rest and feed, which would take anywhere 90 minutes up to two hours. We also want, we also, it's important to understand that although these races and these challenges are races, you need to respect your your body and your mind and we always try and buffer on the edge. If we push like, we could go 24 hours straight, we've both done more than that before, but then we might fall off the end. So we're, we're looking at sort of six on, two off, and we'd get through it. We think we'd get through it in just over two days. So, I mean, it's easy to say you've got those two hours and you sleep, but, mate, with adrenaline, and like, I've been in races before, and it's like, okay, it's rest time now, and you try and lay down, and your heart's just jumping.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, what does that feel like? Obviously, you know that you have this small window in which to do the recovery, yeah, yeah. and you're there, and you can't get yourself... Everyone that's listening knows what it's like <laughs> yeah. to try and get to sleep I need to be up early tomorrow the difference is you need to be up and start running
1: yeah it's right it's savage and it's a it's it's a mindset thing though as well like there's two things going on there's the actual chemical reactions in your body what your dopamine's doing your melatonin's all over the place your cortisol's through the roof like that's that's real so it's not like I can't sleep like you can't sleep so you got to sort of deal with that but you also it's almost like how can I frame this? If, you, if you're if you scared of flying and you've got flight the next day, you don't sleep. And I, I, I'm sure you don't sleep. Or if you're scared of anything that's coming up, it's the same thing. Because after six hours, six hours in, we'll have run 40 to 50K. We still have 250 kilometers to go. This part is a complete mindset. The physiological side, what's happening in your in, in your brain neurologically, you that is normal. But the mindset of how to control be it anxiety and to stay cool. That's something you can actually train, mate. And from my first race till now, now it's it's not that difficult. Like I've done stuff, I trained a little bit for, for what they call Backyard Ultra, which is 6.7 Ks on the hour, every hour, for, for as long as we can go. And I trained that one night on my own out here in the desert for 12 hours. And the first two hours was pretty shit because I, I didn't know how to behave. But after that, mate, I'd come in at about 40 to 45 minutes, quickly drink something, eat something, and then just get into, literally, mate, into a Shavasana position from yoga, and just breathe. Alarm would go off at two minutes to the hour, shoes were already on, stand up, drink some water, and go. And I trained that for 10 hours. So now, coming into that relaxed state actually becomes easier. And I think if if people can take anything from, from what I've learned is we have to train these things like they don't just happen. You have to, I had 12 hours that night training it. A lot of people want to, want to be able to do stuff, be it related to mental resilience, be it a number of different areas of life. And they're not willing to spend that time in like experimentation, if you want to say, and, and, And with that, a little bit of discomfort as well, you know. I've been
0: thinking a lot this year about mental masturbation. everybody, Everyone this year has had far too much time to think and far too little time to do. Yes. And a lot of that has been outside of our control. Gyms have been closed. If your gym's closed and you don't have weights at home, you're restricted. You're stuck to... Yeah. Fucking everyone's sick of burpees in 2020. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But what that causes... And all of us that listen to podcasts and consume audiobooks and read and stuff like that, we can end up being so cerebral that we forget that the implementation is where the work happens. Yeah. Yes, it's important to know what you need to do. Because if you don't know what you need to do when you go to do it, yeah. you're just kind of flopping around. Yeah, But you need to go and do it. You, you have to do mate.
1: you're it, it, 100%. Like, you ask anyone who's listening to this show, how many books, podcasts, YouTube videos... Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Have you tuned into? Have you learned from in 2020 versus 2019, 2018? You're probably up two or three hundred percent. How much action have you taken with the knowledge that you have? You're probably down a thousand percent. So we've got all of this knowledge now. And we've got all of these thoughts going along, and we're making excuses that we can't do. You can still do. If you read in, 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 what's one of the big books that I've read this year? Ross Edgeley, The Art of Resilience, True Art of Resilience, incredible guy. There's a lot of learnings in that, but there's a lot of stuff that you can implement on a daily basis. Like, really, how does your, and I was talking to a guy the other day who was having problems with, essentially, with, with, with rejection and self confidence. So he gets scared when he's coming to teach, coming into contact with people, to talk with people. I was like, how often outside of those situations are you actually training that? You know, man, I love to create like, just like scenarios and I was like, well, I wonder if a way to overcome that would be to go and run down the beach track one morning and force yourself to make eye contact with and say hello to absolutely every person you see. It's quite a sick sort of trick, isn't it? But if you've got confidence issues, At the beach truck in the morning, you might see 200 people. Guaranteed, 100 people are gonna reject you. Either because they're fucking assholes or because they're just in their zone. And I respect that, mate. Not everyone says hello. I always abuse someone, (laughs) they don't. But that's, do you know what I mean? And I'm like, we can create these scenarios to do with all this knowledge that we've learned, but we have to be committed. And they're doing, it's easy to read and to get excited and for dopamine to be released in our brain and, and literally mate, it's masturbation. Like we've got a fucking boner. <laughs> it's so exciting. I'm not sure what we can tell this chart. But still, we're super excited about it. But let's go out and do. Like, let's let's keep on the masturbation side. Let's stop reading the porno and let's call the girl up and go on a date. <laughs> you know what I uh, mean? This that's shit resonates with people, a, mate. An
0: analogy everyone can listen <laughs> can understand from twenty twenty I think. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Been good for a lot of things, but bad for sex. Yeah. Good for mustaches yeah. and good for podcasts, but terrible for, for partnerships. Um a couple of years ago you had a huge accident, yeah. broke a bunch of ribs, punctured a lung, yeah. ruptured, pulled your scapula off, and you said it was part of one of the best years of your life. Yeah. How how does that work? How does that fit in?
1: Yeah, mate, it's interesting. Three I guess three thing three big things happened in 2018 that uh, I believe that moments in our life obviously define us and when I look back at 2018 three really big things happened maybe four which if you kick it off on the 9th of February and, and this is totally legit you can't change this go back to my Instagram MJD underscore Smith 9th of February I posted a quote that said everything happens for a reason 10th of February at about quarter to eight in the morning I nearly lose my life <laughs> wild <laughs> Three days in intensive care, five days in hospital, injuries that you just said. And when I was in that hospital bed, I thought to myself, if you can't ride a bike, what can you do? And the answer was run. And I, I have quite a decent background I've run a lot in running. And I was like, well, I'll run. And I read Dean Karnasso's book, 50 Marathons in 50 States in 50 Days in... I think it was May or June time. And then I made a decision that in line with Dubai fitness challenge of 2018, which is a 30 day fitness challenge here in Dubai, I'd run 30 marathons in 30 days. And I was like, what a better way to, to, to come back from it. So I've crashed and then I've proven that you can recover. And then about a week after I finished on the 24th of November, I finished and on the 5th of December was my 40th birthday.
0: Like, how can that not be the best year of your life, you know? You well, just... I mean, the crash, the crash to most people would seem like something that would be a huge setback. And but it would why, appear... though, mate? Well, because you've gone from someone who was capable, who had these plans for ultra bike races in yeah. a year across different countries, and that's now stopped. Yeah. And when we go from one world to another... Often that's perceived as a challenge or uh, a bad thing. Bad, yeah, and that's...
1: I want to... Like, the word you just used there is super important. It's perceived. And we're living a lot on perception. Perceptions and thoughts that we create based on the opinions of others a lot of the time. We've been told that those things are bad. And this relationship is always bad. I'm I'm not in a good place. And mentally, we... Make, I still have it, don't get me wrong, I'm not, not bulletproof from it. The first few days after i buckled on my knee, oh, it's not in a good place, mate. And we know what goes with it. Relationship, I'm not having a good time with my wife in those days. You know, at, at work, it's just too much. We're not, but this is because this, in my opinion, it's a subconscious behavior that we've been drilled into us around perception. Because we're told, guys, shit happens. Things happen for a reason. And even when things happen, we can't change them because they've already happened. But perception says it sends us backwards. Come on. 2018, I learned shit that I would have never learned. I had tough times, mate. Don't get me wrong. I was like, why is this happening to me? You know, I'm, I'm bulletproof. But then you look at it and you go, this is the way it's supposed to be. And that's when we have to embrace this stuff. Otherwise, yeah, we see it as regret. We see it as setback. And we get asked this a lot. Like, what do you regret the most in your life? Fuck off. Nothing. Because if I regret, I'm holding on to these things, mate. So it's easy to sit here and say that and we're almost reading the porno where we should be having sex but
0: you've been, you've you've been there this is you post coitally this is the pillow yeah. talk from you right <laughs> like you done... You've done. <laughs> this is going to go through the whole show. Yeah, absolutely. It? <laughs> yeah, it's a common thread. Welcome to the Porno yeah. Podcast. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so a big part of that is the fact that you've been there and proven it. Mm. Um, and I think that that's the difference between hearing a motivational speaker and hearing someone who has been forged in battle yeah. talking about their experience. That's why it resonates with people so yeah. much more. Yeah. Um, so I just want to go back just a little bit. You had this accident you're laying there i just want to go through kind of what's in your mind because hearing this yeah. and hearing you where you are now with this these lessons that you've taken away this mental resilience yeah it's hard for people to believe that this guy could ever have a negative thought could yeah. ever feel yeah. like things are going badly yeah yeah he just bounces off stuff like a like a rubber ball yeah so what goes through your mind when you're hit by a truck what goes through your mind when you laid up in hospital and you don't know what your recovery is going to be like yeah. can we just talk about the mindset yeah, mate, yeah.
1: I, I, and the example is really or, or the reality it's not an example it's what happened so I wake up in, in ICU and mate ICU is pretty rough like it's the ICU I was in was just curtains not separate rooms so literally <clears throat> the guy next to me is dying like he's he's dying and I'm trying not to die. <laughs> like it's pretty <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> so I'm laying in this bed and you've got, I've got oxygen going in through my nose and it's uncomfortable because you've got these things up your nose and they've just put a, they've just put a tube into my lungs to, to drain the blood off and I've got a catheter in and you like, you've got different bits and then a machine up here that's just beeping your pulse. And I'm like, you know, can you turn it off? They're like, no. I'm like, why not? And they like because then we won't know if you're dead or alive. And it's brutal, mate. <laughs> and, and and you're drugged up, which is the only good thing because you need the, those drugs to take away the pain. And so you're on and off sleepy. And I remember waking up, mate, and I was I I was in a low point. It was awful. I was I was really, I think to. The easiest way to explain it was I was I was playing the victim mindset. I was like why is this happening to me? What if it was different? And I mate we'd ridden the route before and every time we'd ride this route we'd stop at petrol station. The, it'd be about an hour to the petrol station. lads would have a coffee, bit of banter and then we carry on the way. We pull into the petrol station on this day, uh, my round lads who wants a coffee? No one wants a coffee. It's okay. No worries. So just get some water and we go obviously mate. if we'd have had a coffee the truck wouldn't have been there it would have already gone I would <laughs> if there's one like what's the biggest learning always have coffee always man. have a fucking coffee <laughs> Do you know what I mean and I'm there mate and I'm, I'm really just thinking all these thoughts and I'm like what if why me I just wish it wasn't happening and Holly was laid there was sat at the side of my bed and I could see she could see some discomfort in my face and she said what's wrong with you and I tried to I sort of started explaining you know why me and she looked at me mate and she says that I'm not emotional enough and I say that she's too emotional but literally in this scenario it's it flipped. was flipped 180 and she just looked straight at me and she said it happened Literally heartbroken.
0: <laughs> on. The one time wanted some fucking time. sympathy. Come on. And she,
1: she just sat there, mate. She didn't cry. She nothing. And she said it happened. <laughs> it's like literally someone's just taking the wind out of my sails. And I sort of just, I didn't react. And I laid there. I was like, she's fucking right. And then I went a little bit back to sleep with this thought. And I think it was that point where I just accepted. And acceptance is hard. You break a leg. To accept that you've broken your leg and you can't walk for a time. Your relationship breaks. To accept that you're going to be on your own. You're going to have to. It's awful, mate. But we have to go through it. It's part of the healing process. And it's, it's what I call the ultra mindset is that a lot of the time our first point is denial. Didn't happen. This relationship's fine. No, it's not. Do you know what I mean? I couldn't kid myself, mate. I was laid lay across the bed. I had these tubes coming out for me. I could hardly breathe. I couldn't move my hand. Like, I can't say I'm not here. So the first step is we have to admit that there's a problem. And her saying that got me out of that victim mindset. And it was funny because I sort of probably went back to sleep and then I woke up and I looked at her and I smiled. And she's like, what's wrong with you? I said, I, you're right. I said, you know what I'm going to do? She's like, what? I said, I'm going to start training. <laughs> she's looking at me. She's, I don't know if she wanted to cry, maybe she was laughing or, or, or what was going on. And I looked down at my body and I think they cut my cycling kit, which hurt my soul. <laughs> favorite cycling kit? They're cutting through it. I think I still had my cycling shorts on, but they'd cut all the bit, bit off. And literally, mate, I'm laying like this and I put a hand on the table and I looked at this hand. My whole left side of my body is fucking broken. And I just went, I just said, what can I do right now? And honestly, mate, with everything I had, I just turned this hand like this and I was so emotional but I couldn't cry I'm not I'm not a very good crier mate <laughs> long story but I was just like oh, amazing and I've got it to hear. and then I'm like I think I'm fucking a dog with two dicks I've gone I wonder if I can get it back <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah. and everything is reset and I've done it once And then, of course, I'm like, okay, I can do it once. I can do it 10 times. Literally, mate. And that took me about five minutes. And I don't know if physically I was drained, but mentally, emotionally, everything else in my body was completely drained. I was crying without tears because I knew that that was the point where I'd started my recovery. Because I knew admitting to Holly and her being that cold with me and that honest with me that it happened had let me
0: get out of denial and admit the problem and now I can start to recover so what are the principles that you've taken away from that the radical acceptance of things that have happened understanding that you can't change the past yes that's number one focusing on what you can do to improve your future yeah what
1: else I mean and that's that's the process that, that we go through admit that there's a problem then you sort of You you reject that that problem is going to stop you from from achieving what you want to achieve in life. These things are going to happen, mate. Right now, I can't run. That's fine. I
0: snapped an Achilles three months ago.
1: Same thing. You know, but look at the energy that you're putting into the podcast, for example. So then we we, we reject the fact that it's going to stop us. Then, and it's the hardest thing, mate, just relax. We can't... You know, how many times when we are kids, do our parents just send us to the room... Calm down for 10 minutes. Ah, you're banging the door down, you're having a fit. Just calm down for 10 minutes. So the third point is you have to relax. And then the fourth point, the most important point is what I did and how I explained it with my hand there is what can I do right now to make this situation better? There is always something you can do. In some scenarios, if you and I are having an argument and we're just about to blow, Sometimes what I can do right now to make the situation better for both of us is just to walk away from you. That doesn't feel like that doesn't feel like it's going towards the goal, and this is the problem because we're told all the time that you've got to keep tracking up, you've got to keep moving forward, you've got to get closer to your goal. Every day is a day to win, but that doesn't, and it's true. But it doesn't mean that we have to be going this way.
0: The path's not necessarily linear. It's not linear, mate.
1: Life's not fucking linear. What you can do right now is what your parents tell you. Go to your room, sit down, relax. You know? So honestly, mate, they're the four key things that I I, I take away from it. Admit that there's a problem. Reject the fact that it's going to stop you from getting what you want. Stay relaxed and figure out what you can do right now. And what you can do right now sometimes is, and I've said it before when, when when I speak about my ultra races, sometimes I have to sit under a tree for five minutes and let the competition fly past because I'm on that red line. And if I keep going, I'm gonna go over that red line. You Sit under the tree for five minutes and later that day, you go sailing past them. If you don't, they'll beat you every time. It's the hardest thing to do, it's a very tr- tricky, way to look at things to either go back because society perception tells us we've always got to go forward but in going back you're going forward Mm -hmm. and that's really important.
0: One of the things that I'm fascinated by is maintaining motivation outside of situations like that so during that period when you're just coming off an accident you're just coming out of an incident everyone will know that it's the New Year's Day motivation right I just had this the emotions are high i'm compelled i've filled myself full of all the stoicism and ross edgley that i can and i feel like i'm able to get over this how are you ensuring that you don't start to lose motivation in the in the messy middle that you hit that valley of despair when the motivation and the energy starts to dip and for me this is a a personal question i'm at three and a half months post-op now on my achilles the It's the most drudge work, boring, consistent, everyday heel raises, everyday stretching. It's painful. It hurts every step that I take. Every step I'm reminded that I snap my Achilles every single time that I want to walk. I can't move as quick as my friends. I can't. I tried to hop across a street yesterday in Dubai and I haven't tried to move quicker than a walk. And I realized that I had to do this weird like heel hop thing where I, cause I've got no, I've still got no tension in yeah, my Achilles yeah. and I'm like every single day, this sucks, this sucks three and a half months in and this is that Valley of despair. How are you continuing your recovery? And also how long was the recovery to get yourself back to full fitness from your accident?
1: Super good questions. There's a, there's a, there's a lot going on and, and a few different answers, mate. The number one thing I want to share is a lot of people say, Oh, you recovered super fast. And I'm like, No, I didn't. You never saw the 10,000 reps I did like this or the 5,000 reps I did like that. You never saw it. I spent hours, and we all spend hours. I, I feel your pain, mate. Achilles heel races, the whole thing. It's brutal. How do you maintain that? One of the... Let's talk about what tools we have right now. Smartphones. We're non-stop taking selfies. I often look back to the pictures that I have on my camera reel of when I was in hospital, when I was in intensive care, at my lowest point. And then I'll take a selfie on that day. And you see the difference in your face, your body language. It's incredible, mate. We're not taking enough, what I would call inventory of where we're at, on a number of levels. You, three months ago, three and a half months ago, when you snapped your Achilles, you couldn't walk. When I walked in here today, you came up to the door, you lunged forward towards me, you're on your toes, and we embraced. That takes an incredible amount of power from the Achilles. You're in an incredible position, mate. But we feel the pain the whole time. It's almost there to remind us. But what's that pain there to remind us? Relax. Just today we're only going to this level. We're not going to run again. People get down because they're not tracking their process, their progress. They're not taking inventory. Flip back through your camera roll of what you could do or what you can do now, how your face looks, how your body language looks. It's all there. It really is all there. We're not using technology. I love it and hate it, mate. We're able to sit here now, have this conversation, and in a few days' time, people around the world are able to go through there, walk (laughs) through the marina, and listen to us talking shit. It's fucking brilliant. And we use it for that. But when we're in a hole, we don't use it. There's going to be dark times. 14, 16 weeks, not able to walk properly, pain in your Achilles, is a nightmare especially the Achilles, because it, it does everything, you know. I oh, just let me get this pot out, oh, I can't, you know. you just There's so many things you just can't do. It's like a calf injury, it's awful. So we're, we're, we're constantly reminded about the negative side of it. That, again, feeds into our subconscious and makes us think that we're not doing well, we're not progressing. Spend time each day feeding your subconscious, not bullshit, And this is the difference. Lots of people say, I'm okay, I'm getting better, I'm getting, I've lost one gram this week, I'm really in good shape, no, you're still a fat fuck. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it's not like that when we need to bullshit ourselves, but we need to keep feeding our subconscious the positive things as well, because there's a lot. We need to celebrate the small victories. Like, literally, mate, the day that I could bring my hand to parallel, to to eye level, was just incredible.
0: So... Who are you celebrating with? Are you celebrating with yourself? Is it important to share this with other people? Yeah.
1: I... Me, I celebrate (laughs) a lot with myself, which sounds a little bit fucked up, doesn't it? Like, because I think, for me personally, a lot of time, I don't think people can understand it. Not because I'm special or... But there's no one that's inside my head except me. Sometimes... I'll celebrate, I'll, I'll, I'll tell Holly I'm super excited about something, but without sounding nasty to Holly, she can't connect with that thing. Like, I try and explain what I feel when I, when I run 10K or when I run 100K. It doesn't resonate with her. So you're not going to, and this hurts us as well, we're not going to get a positive reception from someone who doesn't understand. It just doesn't happen. You have to pick the people in your life that understand you. Who understands you? I have a few people, mate. I have a few mentors that I've developed over time or just incredibly good friends. I don't have many friends, I'll be honest. I know a shit ton of people. There's not many people that, not because I don't want to develop friendships, but that I just don't feel, understand me in
0: a certain way. I've got this... Quote from Alanda Botton, the guy behind the School of Life, and he says, yes. Loneliness is a kind of tax that we have to pay to atone for a certain complexity of mind. Yeah. And it's my favorite video, Why We're Fated to Be Lonely. Yeah. Um, and that's natural. No one looks at the things that you do physically and presumes that you are a normal representation of a human because yeah. not many people run 30 marathons in 30 days yeah, and decide right. to do the stuff that you do. And yet, when we hear that someone like that, non-typical physically, is non-typical socially, Mm. maybe struggles to find people with whom they can connect, that doesn't necessarily click straight away, but it should make sense. Loneliness is a kind of tax we have to pay to atone for a certain complexity of mind. Yeah. And the more extraordinary you are, the fewer people are like you. Yeah. Um... Given the choice between honesty and acceptability, a lot of people choose the latter. Mm. A lot of people will choose to nerf the edges of the way that they operate, the way that they think. Correct. And that feeds us back into what you were talking about before, that we we absorb our values and our desires and our operating procedures from society, from yes. the people around us. Yes. And that really rids us of what makes us special. Yeah, yeah.
1: You are, you are
0: a very unique combination of your genetics, your past traumas, your paths of least resistance, the way that you speak, the way that you move, the fact that when you do a snatch, your right arm doesn't go as far back as your left arm. You know, all yeah. of the individual things that make up the uniqueness that is you. Yes. And I am a huge champion of people trying to embrace their weirdness. Mm. Like, stay weird yeah. is the most the single most powerful phrase that I've heard over the last few years. Yeah. It reminds us that our uniqueness is our competitive advantage. Agreed, mate. Um, And yeah, I think that it's interesting for people to hear that, looking from the outside in at this guy who owns a gym, you know, thousands of people, tens of thousands of people Mm. in Dubai, who will have seen him, you're on the side of the Burj Khalifa, (laughs) running up the side of the world's tallest building, not physically. In a crop top. In a a crop top, yeah, exactly. Um, And yeah, there's challenges with making connection with people Mm. because the price that you have to pay Mm. in order for that level of performance is this slight disconnect. And again, this is something else I've been talking about a lot this year. What is the price that you have to pay to be that person? Mm. What's the price you have to pay to be Elon Musk? Mm like everyone looks at him and thinks unbelievably productive guy running tesla getting us to mars doing all of this stuff but you don't know what elon musk's relationship with his body's like Correct. maybe yeah. he, he hates what he sees in the mirror yeah. maybe he's not had an erection in years yeah. maybe he can't uh, he doesn't have a relationship with his father do you want to pay that price yeah. to yeah. be elon musk yeah. conor mcgregor everyone looks at him ubiquitous success yeah but do you want to live in your parents' attic for six years, rolling the same sequences, throwing the same combinations with a, on job seekers' allowance... It's mental, yeah. ...with no promise of success at the end of it? Yeah. Do you want that life? Because that's the price you have to pay to be in.
1: Yeah.
0: And yeah. I think because we only get to see the highlight reel... Yeah. ...of most people's lives, and even when people decide to post the open and honest insights into their lives... They don't get as much exposure yeah. as the successes do. Yeah. Inevitably, we presume that people live in these highlight reels yeah. where actually it's just front row seat failure yeah. as you fall from like mistake to mistake. Yeah. And and hearing insights like that, I think, are really, really important because it reminds us that even the people we think are superhuman mm. have their weaknesses and their vulnerabilities and their failings that we might not have. Yes. You know?
1: Yeah, mate. And it's totally true what what you're saying because I'll wake up some mornings and we all get it, mate. I'm just not feeling it. I'm just not feeling it, you know? But when you have a decision-making process, and I think this is the biggest thing that's lacking. We're all humans. We all have a lot of the same feelings and emotions. We go through ups, we go, wake up, we're not feeling it. Not every day, mate, do I feel like going out and doing my training. I have the same thoughts that you have that someone who's, you know, feels like they're at rock bottom, we have it. But, we've narrowed the choices because, for example, my decision making process when my alarm goes off is to get up. I don't have a choice at that time. If I wake up and I'm feeling like shit, there's only still one choice, get up. If I've planned a training session, there's only one choice, do it. Unless there's a real reason why I shouldn't. Obviously, the day after I-
0: So that unless, that is the point at which get up, unless, and the tolerance that people have for that. Yes is where the rubber meets the road with this stuff.
1: Absolutely, mate. And that's the problem is that, you know, I'll set my alarm for seven in the morning and if I wake up and I feel okay, I'll I'll probably go to the gym. Like, come on, you're never going to go. Like, you know you're not going to go. Whereas I'll set my alarm for 5.59 because I'm going to get out of bed, I'm going to put my trainers on and I'm going to go for a walk. We've suddenly changed the whole world. If you don't feel great when you wake up, that's okay. It's fine, it's normal. There has to be, Brene Brown talks about it, It has to be this vulnerability, mate. I, I go through lows, but when I'm in that low, the, 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 the option is, or the goal is, is to make that trough as small as possible. I've got clients and we've all known people that have been off for two weeks, just not feeling themselves. Far out. What have you done about it? Nothing yet. How long have you been feeling like this? A month. What? So you've tolerated waking up every morning for a month feeling like shit. Yeah, I thought it was going to get better. It doesn't get better. And this is where we have to understand we all go through it. But I think people that what you use bounce back. Just identify it. Go back to what we were saying earlier. Admit it. I'm feeling shit. No, there's nothing wrong. I feel like shit. There is something wrong. We admit that there's a problem. Let's go for a walk and let's see what happens. Is it my mind? Is it my thoughts? Is it physically? Do we scan our body? Do we take a, a, a morning naked bathroom mirror selfie? Back to the phone. One of the best things, mate, to track your progress. Naked bathroom mirror selfie. Please make sure your iCloud is yeah, not, not linked.
0: up. this is, this the... is one of those huge, uh, huge data breaches that ends up happening with Isn't it? Marcus Smith's new <laughs> leaked on the yeah. internet, doesn't it?
1: But we have to have this decision-making process. If anyone thinks that Elon's not having a bad day, if anyone thinks that I can sit and talk about motivation and I because I run, you're making an excuse for yourself. We're all going through tough times. It's not easy. But that decision making process and our tolerance of how long we're gonna be in a bad mood is totally our choice. And we've gotta have, but we also have to train it. And not everything you try will work on every situation. It's like being a handyman and only having a hammer. You know, I know that's a shit cliche, but really, that's the thing. And you've learned, we've said it, you've learned all these tools in 2020. We've read more books, listened to more podcasts than ever before try some of those tools don't just we we're, we're pretty quick to accept and i think that sucks because we accept that feeling shit is part of life it is but it should only be a small part is 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 our objective
0: there's a thing that Marcus Aurelius used to do called the equanimity game yeah and he used to imagine falling off a horse and it was a game to get back on and increasingly like life is a game is something that continues to come back I really do, I haven't quite worked out why I love it so much, but I think it just reminds us that a lot of the challenges that we're coming up against will, in some future point, just be a memory. Mm. They'll just be like an instant replay that we can go back to in our mind. Like a perfect example of this was after I had my operation, um, some of the opiates that I was put on caused stomach inflammation. So for about three days after my op, I was unable to sleep, unable to eat, was laid up in bed with my foot on a big wedge, just mm-hmm. in constant seven out of 10 pain. Couldn't do anything. Like for three s- days straight, mm-hmm. no one could take the pain away. Yeah. I'd stopped taking the oral morphine, the codeine, the paracetamol, the ibuprofen, because I wanted the stomach pain to stop, which meant that my ankle now, only a couple of days post-op, was, that pain was through the roof. Yeah. And I was doing all of this with one leg. So when I needed to go to the bathroom to not do anything, I was hopping there I was having to use crutches I was in the dark I was feeling miserable I was on my own mum and dad would come and see me or my housemates would come see me or my friends would come see me they can't do anything they can't take it away and at the time it feels like an existential curse that's being given just to you that this is your pain this is your suffering to bear and now when I look back it's just a story I tell on a podcast and I'm like me then would hate hearing me now being so flippant about it it's like no it was really it was it was bad you're not forgetting how bad it was and i'm like no no no, it's not about that and trying to put ourselves into that third party perspective i think like treating life as the equanimity game how quickly can i get back on the horse okay like i'm inevitably going to fall off
1: of course yeah
0: how quickly can i get back on i think that that's a really nice way for us to frame it and I'm a big fan of maxims and pithy statements because I think that they, they spearhead big concepts that would take us 10 minutes to remind ourselves of yes. into just little aphorisms. Yeah. Are there any of the things, you're going through an event, you're suffering, you're deep in the hole, mm. What are the things during that time that you remind yourself of? Are there certain phrases and aphorisms or concepts that you rely on to keep going?
1: You know, I've been asked this a lot recently. (laughs) I don't know know why, so I've, I've, I've actually had more thoughts about it. But one of the things that I think of the most is you chose to be here. I choose what I'm doing. No one's got a gun at my head. And when you think about it, we have now more than ever, an insane amount of choice. And running marathons, going to work, building relationships, you choose. No one's forcing you. And we need to get comfortable with that. We need to embrace that. We need to acknowledge that. Everyone's like, I have to go to work. No, you don't. You have to go to work in a number of scenarios because at the end of the month you get what's called a paycheck which then gets you the shit car that you like. <laughs> and that car is feeding into your insecurities. It's giving you temporary happiness. And it's giving you temporary happiness because it's, it's numbing a block that you're not willing to address which could come from a previous subconscious behaviour. You don't have to go to work tomorrow. Nobody has to go to work tomorrow. You choose to. So when I'm in trouble, I, I chose to be here. The other thing is, and I think it's there's a few other things as well, is that this is the moment. So a lot of the time, we'll get, I wish I wasn't here. I wish I was on the beach. You have to go, you mentioned Marcus Aurelius, you have to go a little bit stoic. You have to look at creating presence, you have to, everyone's tried uh, Headspace this year or Calm or whatever for sure, <laughs> but 80% of the people that are listening to podcasts have definitely tried it, and, and probably 90% have stopped already <laughs> because they don't need it, but you have to get in the moment, and this is something that's totally lost, because the first thing we do when we face adversity is we try and leave the moment, We try and go back, I wish I was still on the beach, or we try and go, I can't wait till I go on the beach again. And that's what I was doing in that hospital bed until I went back to sleep and woke up and looked at myself and said, what can I do right now? Now I'm in the moment, I'm me, I'm with my hand, I'm going backwards and I'm going forwards. Presence is absolute key. Another thing is just smile. Like honestly, mate, the power Look at the research, the power of a smile is just insane. And okay, sometimes we have to cry, but a lot of the times after crying, we start to smile. Look at people that cry. When we get them out of it, how do we get them out of crying? We tell them jokes, we make light, and then people start crying and laughing. It's really, really powerful. So I think they're they're probably choice, presence, and fun or smile are probably my three and they always kind of have been mate you know I think I just haven't really like Holly gets upset with me sometimes she goes are you excited about going on holiday tomorrow (laughs) like yeah I'm excited but holy shit I've still got 12 hours of today to live and epic shit can happen right now you know what I mean and I'm like mate I'm excited for today I'm excited to sit here with you I was excited to wake up I'm excited to go to the next meeting that I've got. I'm excited that tonight, you know, I'm excited for all these things. But right now, I'm not thinking about tonight. I have to be here, and it's fun. You know, and I think I think a lot of the time, this is because we're not fully happy in what we're doing. And we're having, you know, I mean, mate, in a nice way, I, I get asked to do different things with different people, and most of the time, like, you know, I can't say yes to everything. Why did I suddenly say yes to you? Because I just felt it was right. And then when you say yes, you commit 100% and we're all in. And we're here and we're gonna make this the best hour. And I wouldn't give a shit if I'd have turned up and, like, luckily I checked out your podcast, listened, listened to the one with um, Seth. He's one of my heroes, you know, and I'm like, this guy's gonna be cool. But even if I, I've got an hour of my life here, no matter if you're a good dude or not, I control if I want to. And I have to have the confidence to control it. I'm gonna have a good time in this hour if you're an absolute douchebag or if you are turn out to be a nice guy. <laughs> but you know what I mean? We control it. And people are not taking the ownership because people are going to dinner with fuckwits they don't like. They're hanging out with people that don't make their lives better if they only make it worse. Because that's what society says. It goes back to what you said. And I know we, we're sort of wrapping around here but it's totally true. We're going out and hanging out with people that we don't actually even like.
0: One of the things I've been thinking a lot about this year is the reason that people go and do big things. I say that as someone who's just taken a trip out to Dubai and is on the 25th floor of Dubai Marina. But I think one of the reasons that people do big, impressive events, they book a trip away to somewhere that's grand, Mm. they decide to buy a new car, they do something epic. It's because it's very hard not to be present when you have that much stimulus. Yeah. And one of the goals that everybody should have is to try and find that level of presence without that level of stimulus. So it's very hard though, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like if you're taking the same route to work that you've taken a thousand times before, yeah. what's the reason for you to be present? You know that tree, you know that like uh, Ford Mondeo with the dent in the side of it, <laughs> you know that like guy with that dog. Like yeah. you know all of this stuff. And Sam Harris has this beautiful quote where he says that what most of life is, is giving our minds a reason to be here in the present moment. Mm. That's what oh. we should be aiming to do in life. Yeah. Giving ourselves a good enough reason to be here in the present moment. Like now, it. you could do that by jumping out of a plane. Yeah. That's one of the attractions, I think, of extreme sports. Also, probably one of the attractions of. People that are into bondage. There's yeah. this famous dominatrix who says nothing captures attention like a whip. And you think, <laughs> like, if, if you want to get someone's attention, slap them. Yeah. For one or two seconds after that, you're thinking of nothing else. Yeah. I'm sure that as you, the this moment in between hitting the truck and hitting the wall at 54 kilometers an hour. Yeah. I'm sure that that dilated out to feel like an eternity, and you can delve back into that yeah. so quickly because yeah. it's such an extreme event. Yes. But the goal is to try and find that level of presence in everyday life. And it's, again, the armchair philosophizing can go on for forever. But the point is that there are things in the present moment we can find that make us feel happy, that make us feel fulfilled, that make us feel connected with other people. And the more that we're masking over that with shit friends, with nights out we don't even enjoy, with hobbies that haven't been relevant for five years yeah. because if we leave them, we're not going to have the same support structure. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the advantages, conversely, to something that maybe sounded like a weakness earlier where you were like, well, you know, I, I'd struggle necessarily to connect with as many people as you might think. Yeah. The advantage of that is it makes you a lot more agile and flexible to do just what you want yes. without the influence of other people. Yeah. Um, yeah. so again it's, it's interesting how it all maps on yeah. I wanted to talk about self-doubt Yeah, you don't sound like the sort of person that has doubts when they come up how do you deal with them
1: I think self-doubt is a product of thoughts and behaviours so why are you getting self-doubt because you think that you can't do something so thought, behaviour is the doing something why are we getting that Why are we getting in that situation? Is it because something that's happened in our past? Or is it because of something actually real? And what example could we use? But I don't really have one off my head. But the point is, is that, okay, you go into an interview. And we've heard people go into interview. How many people go to an interview and they're like, I'm ready for this. I'm going to absolutely fucking smash this and I'm probably going to get this job. (laughs) Almost no (laughs) one. No one. one. How are you before your interview? Yeah, I'm a bit nervous. Um, well, I've applied for the job and, and, and the job's to drive a tractor and I've only driven a, a scooter before. Okay, well, that, so that is, we don't have the behavior to get that, so self-doubt comes in. So sometimes it's, it's real because we're, we're signing up for something that the task we don't have the skill set for but we don't have the skill set for it yet. When I started ultra running, I didn't have the skill set for ultra running. The most I'd run was like marathons. But I wanted to develop that skill set. And I knew I could develop that skill set over time. And I knew it was a learning experience. At the start, was there self-doubt? I don't think so, mate. I've never suffered really from self-doubt. Because I think I've always had confidence. because Probably because of the way that I was brought up. I understand that a lot of people were brought up different from how I was brought up and a lot of people have been told no a number of times and that brings in self-doubt. If we go back to what's important here is how can we eliminate self-doubt is by training it. We have to put in things that if you want to drive the truck and you can only drive a scooter then start upgrading your skill set and then your doubt and your confidence is going to come. And there's certain it's like when we get people in that want to lose weight there's certain people that want to go cold turkey and they're happy to you know we can drop five kilos off you in a month and there's certain people that okay I'm not just willing to give up that quite yet no worries and that's fine we can give up dairy we can remove sugar we can remove soft drinks but you can keep your chocolate and this is what people don't understand when it comes to health weight loss nutrition is that you don't have to go cold turkey you don't have to Today drive a scooter and tomorrow I go for truck driving lessons. You can go from a scooter to a car to a this to a that or to the other. There's different routes we can go based on what's going to make you feel comfortably uncomfortable. So it's still going to push you out of the comfort zone. Do I get, do I sign up for things? Do I commit to things and sometimes wonder if I can achieve it? Yes, absolutely mate. Again, I, I don't think that's, I would lie if I said no. Because then what's the point in signing up to things? Does 300K from the top of General Jace to my gym, do I think, fuck, there's a chance that I could fail at this? Yeah, there's a legitimate chance. But I'm going to do everything that I can. The the first 10K is literally 20% downhill. There's no path. It's carnage, mate. And the time that we're going to start to the time that we want to finish, it's going to be pitch black. There's an absolute real chance that within the first 100 meters, I can trip over a rock, fall, break my leg, and the whole thing's over. And everything that I've told you that I'm gonna do it on the show, that I'm gonna tell all the other media, that I've trained, that I've woken up early, that I've left my wife on her own, I've sacrificed my business, time on my business, I've sacrificed time with relationships, is all gone in 100 meters. But when I was coming here this morning, I could've got stuck in the lift. But I didn't think about that. So we kind of, why would we we control? I got in the lift, I pressed the button, I, I'm done. If the lift breaks when I'm on the 24th or 25 floors, that's it, I've done all of the training, I've got all of my equipment right, I set off at the time, I go on the pace, I go on the track, and then I keep going. Why would I worry about it? We're worried about things that we can't control. And this is very Stoic at the same time, mate. Very, very Stoic, you know? And the more... It's, it's, it's funny because three or four years ago, I started sort of reading more about Stoicism, and, and, stoicism and, and it sort of really started to resonate with me. And then, you know, Daily Stoic podcast as well. And and then, you know, Ross Edgley's uh, Stoic Sports Science. I'm like, fire out. This is like, it all just stuff that... But is it... Is it the stoicism or is that just a way of human behavior that they found that they wrote about that we find about being present? You know, focusing on what you can control and putting all of your energy into what you can control will remove self-doubt. You're only going to doubt stuff if you're not confident in the plan and the decision making process. I make bad decisions, mate. (laughs) I've made a load of bad decisions, but we made decisions in that time based on a decision-making process. Have I since tweaked that decision-making process based around certain situations? Absolutely. I think that's learning. And mate, I'm I'm turning 42 next month, I'm still super young. I'm still trying to figure shit out and whether my shit really works or not. But at the same time, I don't think, I think self-doubt comes from issues that we, we're not addressing in the correct way. And why are we not, mate? Because we come, Everything we've spoken about, all these different angles that we've kind of gone through on this show, we kind of come to the same thing, that a lot of this could be based on subconscious behavior from our past that sometimes is really hard to address. The more I learn about motivation, I work with people in performance in really tough situations. Tonight, I'm going to take a guy to the middle of the desert at 6 p.m. and he's going to run for 24 hours nonstop. Wow. And he's gonna learn shit that he's never learned before. He's gonna have moments that parts of his childhood and behavior and with his relationship with his wife, with his kids, with his parents, he's gonna to start to come and fuck with his mind. It's gonna be an insane experience for him. But he's gonna bring that behavior, maybe, not definitely, right up here and get it out. It's really hard, mate, and that's why People are unable to achieve great things a lot of the time. That's when we have self-doubt, confidence. We have a victim mindset because we've not dealt with things in the right way. And it's
0: tragic. You mentioned your buddy who's about to run 24 hours. You've done a variety of different endurance events as well. Is there a particular point that you could identify as the most discomfort you've been in during them?
1: (laughs) Every event's different, mate. Um, This time last year... I was running around a 400 meter track, I did that for 24 hours and it was about, it's quite a weird story this one mate, there's humour to it and then there's some quite serious part. It was about 11am, I started at 3pm, it was 11am the next day, it was getting hot. When heat comes, the gut microbiome changes, I was incredibly fortunate that I had a lot of people that were running with me the whole time around the track. I think I only did like two laps on my own. So, and some of these people, I didn't really know them very well. So, which I shouldn't have done. And this is so like, not like me, but I didn't feel that it was right to fart in front of them. (laughs) (laughs) So mate, literally I'm fucking, I'm I'm, I'm 18 hours around a track, And when you're doing physical activity and you're taking on different foods and caffeine gels and it's not healthy, mate. Your guts are in a mess. And I'm not able to fart. And I got to a point where where Tom Tom Walker, who who works with me and and, and helps me on a lot of these things, he's a a very intelligent sports scientist. So when we want to get geeky, we go into stuff. He was running with me and I said to him, I said, mate, you've got to get rid of these people. He's like, mate, the people have come for you. (laughs) And I'm like, well, mate, I'm literally about to shit myself. (laughs) So he says to the people, he says, can you give him 20 meters? And he just needs a bit of space. And honestly, mate, there are some fantastic human beings on the planet in my life. and, And I am genuinely grateful. They all just said yes. And they just backed off. And I'm literally just farting like a. But tree they're ball. running
0: downstream of you. They're man. running, yeah. It was a disaster. Oh <laughs> God. So like you should
1: have said go ahead
0: of me twenty meters.
1: <laughs> and I'm obviously incredibly fatigued. I'd done about 180, 100 some about hundred eighty k, let's say. And this pain in my gut was getting worse when I was farting. And I said to Tom, I said, mate, this is this is not really helping. And. It was getting hot as well it was about 30 degrees we we had everything it's quite it's quite good for Dubai I mean it rained it was cold like one point I was running in a long sleeve and, and then it was getting hot towards midday and I said to him I said mate I need to go we need to go to the toilet and he was like well of course we can go to the toilet but I'd got in this sort of tunnel vision that I just had to keep running and anyway I'd gone to the toilet And literally, I went in the toilet, mate, and I've got my sunglasses and my cap on, no shirt, and I dropped my shorts, and I'm sat on the toilet, and everything's come out, and I'm in this incredible amount of pain. My legs are fucked, like, completely. Running on a track is just, it's just the same motion over and over. And I'm shitting myself. And I look around, and I see the butthose, which is very common here, the the butthose. You don't have it much in the UK. I'm just like, And I start having a shower (laughs) and I'm like, my legs are killing and I'm like, I didn't know where I was. I was just in this, I was just in this insane state of pain, of just pure joy of everything because I knew I was getting better, I was getting cooler and, and Tom knocked on the door, I don't know if it was three minutes later or five minutes later, he goes, you okay in there mate? <laughs> and like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, And then I realized I was there to run. And I put the butthose down and I pulled up my shorts, I'm dripping wet through, water everywhere, I don't even know if my ass was clean. And, and I just got up and I just went out to the track and I carried on running incredibly slow for the last two or three hours. Why do I share that, mate? Is because this is an incredible experience on so many different levels. There's so many different moving parts. There's not wanting to let people down. There's, am I embarrassed? Why do I care? There's the pain that I'm going through. Then there's just getting into this cubicle. And the picture, as you've all just, Thought through. Some of you are a bit more scarred <laughs> than others. Of this man laying back on a toilet, like half on, almost like you'd find someone drunk in a nightclub or something. Dare I say it? Just showering with a butt hose, and it's literally one of the most amazing moments of my life because everything is coming together. I'm I'm so fucking alive right now, and that's what these events do, mate. They they cause you to go into such a an unusual situation, hallucinations, pain, call it what you will, mate. And then you just, and I had it, you go in the Sahara and I just walk around a corner, or it feels like a corner, there's really no nice corners in the Sahara. And you just look up and you're like, fuck, I'm a human and this is Earth. And I'm running across this fucking Sahara desert and it's amazing. It's like, You were reborn, mate. And I was in Kenya last year, in hell, literally in hell, mate. I've got chafe and there's a picture of me. This race was self-supported, so I'm carrying everything. And it's awful and it's hot. And then I find a picture on my GoPro and I'm next to a fucking giraffe. I'm like, is this real? Like, if I was fighting, which I was fighting the pain, but then you're just reborn, just through a giraffe and this is one of the the things that we haven't touched on which I just think is super important. The power of the planet, of nature, of animals, of plants, of sunrises, of the circadian rhythm is absolutely incredible. It's hard for me to explain pain and suffering because I think it's different for everyone and I can We could do a whole hour about the pain I've been in, but it's irrelevant, I chose to be there. But the lessons from it and the amazing things that Ultra has given me, that human beings has given me, that allow me to be present, that allow me to live, I really think is what contributes to wanting to wake up early every single morning, before my alarm, some days, some days on my alarm, mate. Some days I'm like, what the fuck? You know, I'm the same as everyone. Like, bang. And just get up and live. And overcome those tough things of, you know, I don't feel 100% today. And that's why I do this stuff. Because those situations that I've been in. And we've all been in situations. But I chose to be there. And I've unpicked those situations. And I've thought about, the track one is really... I don't think I fully understood it yet. It's only a year on. And, you know, there's so many moving parts. There's what Tom did. There was the time in the cubicle. There's the people. There's so many different things going on along. And that's what's amazing, mate. I can literally sit and look at a picture that's on my camera roll from one of the ultras that I've done. And I'll look at it like it's the first time I've looked at it. And these are free tools to us. We're always looking, and, and but it's hard because I have to relive those situations. And that's tough because if you remember it for the pain, but a lot of time I try and remember it for what it's brought me and the great tools it's brought me to deal with life. To deal, I have 25 people working for me. I have relationships. I have parents that I have to deal with that are 75 and want to travel during COVID. You know what I mean? and there's these different things that you can you can take from it and one of the most beautiful things and the thing that I'm I'm not one of these massive hashtag grateful thankful gratitude people but I do have an incredible amount of of gratitude and I think I don't need to show it off on, on Instagram with people but through having these opportunities to do these challenges I'm able to the guy that's gonna we've got a few guys running long tonight I'm able to Share that with him and then watch him and his relationships and his life grow. And that is one of the most incredible things. I've got somehow this gift that I can help someone do something better. I'm not Tony Robbins, I can't change a thousand people at once, but I can take him and I can, he's gonna be in hell. He's gonna address some things and tomorrow night at 6 p.m. when he stops running and he has a cold beer, he's gonna be reborn, mate. And it's literally, there's a, there's a picture, and it's one of my, it's my favorite picture of 2019. I can't say it's my favorite picture of the decade, but it's one of my favorite pictures of 2019, where at the end of my 24-hour run, I was hugging Holly, and one of my mates sent me a message. I don't know if he wrote on the post or he sent me a message. He goes, in this situation, you feel like death but in the same moment, you feel reborn. Quite the conundrum. I'm like, fuck, this is is really it. Like, mate, and you can see like I'm emotional about it because that's really it. You've been in such a tough place, but now you're just so fucking alive. And it's just, how do we get that more often?
0: I've never wanted to do endurance stuff. And the last couple of days, last couple of weeks, I've been listening a lot to Brian Keenan. I'm on a show yeah. in a few weeks. I've been listening to yourself. Tom Otten is going yeah. to come. He's going to be sat where you are in a couple of hours' yeah. time. And I don't think I've ever heard people talk about endurance events in this sort of a way. Yeah. And. It just—if there was ever a front end of the funnel, man, for wanting to start doing this, I've never even wanted to run a half marathon. No. But I just think, wow, what an opportunity for growth, you know? I released a podcast
1: today called "It's Not About Running," and honestly, mate, I was—I didn't know what show I was going to put out this week. I didn't have any guests lined up, and blah 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 blah. And I went through a lot of my old articles and I wrote an article in 2018 or 2019 called It's Not About Running and I read it and I was like, you know what? That's actually a really good article (laughs) like pat on the back sort of thing and I was like, you know what? I can share this with people and I can put it into a podcast because you said it there I've never run half or it's not about the running, mate. I haven't talked to you about running. We've talked about life and I don't think, I definitely didn't realize the power of ultra endurance until I got knee deep in it, mate. I never thought, how did it start is what a lot of people ask me. And, and honestly, mate, a lady walked into my gym one day and said, I need your help. She said, I'm going to run this ultra marathon. And I was like, I've never done one. She goes, no, I just want you to help me on my strength and nutrition. I said, I could do that. I said, but would you mind if I learn?" So because I find it difficult to tell someone to do something that I haven't done, and that's what started it in 2009. And it's incredible, mate. A lot of people. I'm so grateful again that you spent the time and you've understood a little bit. Because a lot of people, anything over their threshold, and it's 10k, 5k, or 21k. It's all just running. But it's not, it's life. It's something that's so unique, mate, and it's something that's so innate. It's what we're designed to do. Without trying to sell uh, endurance, it's actually what we're designed to do. Look back to our ancestors. They worked here, they got water here 10 miles away. We went by walking or running. It's only in the last 50 years that we don't move in the way that we're Hmm. supposed to move, and that's led to all the problems that we've got now it's so natural for us. Be a hippie about it, it's what we're supposed to do.
0: Man, uh, you might not be trying to advertise long distance stuff, but uh, it's it's gassed me up and I'm sure it's really sort of invigorated a lot of people as well. And if ever there was a year to do it, like when your gyms have shut down, the number of people I think will have taken up distance running and hopefully, yeah. they'll have taken some of the lessons that you've had today from their own experience as well. So man, I, I've adored today. You've got to get oh, on um, and I've got I need to have another coffee. I don't know what to do after this. <laughs> I don't know whether I, I don't know whether I want to cry, whether I want oh, to throw myself off the, off the roof into the pool, whether I need a coffee, whether I need to sleep. I need something. Um, I just
1: try and keep it real, mate. I appreciate you, you you chatting to me, mate. Honestly, really good questions. And as I said at the start, I try and talk a lot because I try and share with people and get out as much as I can because it's I don't I don't have all the answers, mate. And I just have these experiences and I just hope that other people will try and find experiences. Are we looking for answers? I don't know. But
0: Here's one thing that might be a nice part in insight for you. There's only a few people on the planet that have done the things that you've done. Mm. Bizarrely, there's a duty of those people to teach everyone else about their insights. Mm. We go to the moon, we collect samples, we come back home and people who are experienced analyze those samples. Mm. People who decide to push frontiers in other areas, whether that be with meditation, whether that be with physical training, whether that be with reading and compiling wisdom, whatever. It's their job, Mm. it's their duty. They are the person who knows it. They are the people who've experienced it. Mm. It's their duty to then teach the rest of us because that's Mm. how we move forward, right? And I think that very virtuously, that's what you're spending your time doing as well with these events. So. People will want to check out more about you. Where, where should they go?
1: The easiest thing is Instagram, mate. MJD underscore Smith. Hit me up on there. I reply to everyone. I'm not a rude prick. <laughs> <laughs> Dig for the Insta slots! <laughs>
0: Brother, thank you so much for your time. Thank it's you. It's been amazing. Mate, appreciate it. That was awesome. Thank you very much for tuning in. Don't forget, if you haven't picked up a copy of my Ultimate Life Hacks list yet, then what are you doing with your life? Head to chriswillexcom lifehacks, and you can pick up your copy today. Over 200 ways that you can upgrade your life instantly, and it's free. And you'll get added to my 3-Minute Monday newsletter, chriswillexcom lifehacks. Go and sign up right now. Peace.